Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. He claimed to have found all these unheard works by Bach, Vivaldi, Paganini. He found them in libraries and monasteries and he recorded them. What? He made them all up. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. All right, Tammy. We're recording this song on April 15th. I'm looking at the computer that's uh, up here in front of me, and uh, we haven't paid our taxes yet. What? Yeah, I know. It, Stop uh, well, it. Well, the, the thing about it is the 15th was on a Saturday, and the government will come and take our money on, what is that, Monday? So that'll be, what, the 17th? But Ooh. anyway. Do we, do we get fined? Yeah, well, we have to pay this year. Year. Why? Mm. You're too successful. Oh, stop it. I'm the waste of life. All right, look, Diddy or P. Diddy or Puff Daddy or whatever he's calling him this uh, himself this week, um, Mailbox, stated that he was paying Sting $5,000 a day in order to use the sample of Every Breath You Take when Sting was with the police. He created, he, Diddy, P. Diddy, Mailbox, uh, created a song called I'll Be Missing You because it was for his friend who died, the notorious B.I.G. Do you know that song? I'll Be Missing You. Yeah. No, no. Give me a little bit of it. Uh, It sounds exactly like Every Breath You Take because it was what Diddy used to do in the 1990s. He would simply put the record down, uh, put the needle on, and whenever somebody wasn't playing anything, he would rap. (laughs) That's how he used it. Oh, man. So the story goes that he was paying Sting $5,000 a day, except it's absolutely not true. Really? In 2018, Sting did an interview on a podcast called The Breakfast Club. It actually, I think it was actually a morning radio show as well. And the host, Charlemagne the God. Why didn't I call myself Joe Burns the God? Mm, you're not that cute. When I was on the radio. Yeah. Joe no. Burns the God. It wouldn't work. Uh, he asked Sting if Diddy indeed paid him for the use of the song. And Sting joked, yes, $2,000 a day. Now, of course, that wasn't true either. Well, look, this clip surfaced a few weeks ago, and Diddy put out a tweet because it was starting to find legs on the social medias. He put out a tweet that stated that he had to pay Sting $5,000 a day for the use of the song because he used it without asking permission. Whoa. Well, um, on April 6th, Diddy posted, look, it was all a joke. He tweeted, I want you all to understand... 
I was joking. It's called being facetious. No. And he spelled no. facetious correct. Facetious. Facetious. Facetious correctly, which makes me a happy guy. <laughs> me and Sting have been friends for a long time. Never charged me 3K, 2K, 5K a day for missing you. He probably makes more than 5K a day on a song that was one of the biggest songs in history. I don't know about the biggest song in history, but the fact remains it was very popular. But no, Sting allowed him to use the song for what was scale at the time. Mm -hmm. So look, it was a joke. It was fake. It was, in my best Donald Trump impersonation, it was fake news. Oh. It was fake news. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Absolutely fake news. So my question is, how many other things are out there that were, once again, in my best Donald Trump voice, that was fake news, fake news, meaning it was put out, it was fake, and the people who were doing it knew that it was fake. Well, there's nothing fake out there. But absolutely not. There's pictures of me out there that are gosh darn handsome. Oh. And let's be honest, fake news. Absolutely fake news. So what I have is about five pages of fake news stories, and I kicked it off because of the the P. Diddy thing. Now, once again, there's a song called I'll Be Missing You, mm -hmm. and it was created by P. Diddy. And once again, it's the way P. Diddy used to do things. He would get a record, put the needle down, and wherever somebody wasn't playing or singing, he would rap. And that was considered, to him at least, a brand new song. Whoa. And that's what you're basically going to hear here. Uh, we're going to play Every Breath You Take by The Police. Back, we'll tell you about some more of these fake news. I don't know how else to say it. The people who did it knew it was fake. And either the social media-ites or the news-ites went crazy, people, and reported it as it was absolutely true. So oh. here it's the uh, police here on Rock School. about fake news where those who were actually doing the news, creating the news, they knew it was fake. In 2017, one of the biggest stories was that Gene Simmons of KISS attempted to trademark the I love you hand sign. Right? Now, if you take, if you do I love you, you know it's the index finger, the pinky finger, and the thumb are sticking out. Careful now. Well, if you take the thumb and you pull it around the front, then you get the devil horns. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Unless you are interested in the University of Texas, and then it's hook them oh, horns. That's However, what I, oh, yeah. I get, the, I get that mixed up every time. The thing is, Simmons tried to not only trademark I love you, but uh -huh. trademark the devil horns. No. It didn't work, of course, because once it got to the courts, they said, look, this is something that's been done forever. It was then re reported not too long after that that Gene Simmons wanted to trademark the phrase orange juice. Orange juice. Okay, why? And you say, how stupid is that? Well, how stupid is that? How stupid is that is the whole point of it. Ronnie James Dio, who was a singer for Rainbow, obviously on his own, he also did a stint with um, Black Sabbath, 
He said, are you kidding me? That that hand motion? Right. My grandmother has been doing that since the old country. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, if you if you hold it straight up. And by the way, it's you don't. It's a curse, right? You don't wrap your finger around your two middle fingers. You make kind of a, a face by putting the thumb in there and the second and third finger putting it on top of the thumb. It's supposed to look like a jackal. Right. Okay. If you hold it up right that protects you right. from the evil eye yes if you then take it and point it at somebody Don't like do that. like the two ears are pointing at somebody no that is actually giving the evil eye so where in the world did orange juice come from florida Ron, yes, but Ronnie James Dio said this is so stupid that he started an internet rumor that Gene Simmons wanted to trademark the phrase orange juice because he, Ronnie James Dio, could not think of a more stupid thing to want to go ahead and trademark. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so that's where it came from. Was it true? No, absolutely not. Here's the one we're going to play. A fellow named Derek Erdman was a receptionist at Sub Pop Records. This was the original home of Nirvana. And one day, while he was bored at work, what he did is he created an advert on Craigslist showing photos online. There was a whole bunch of stuff he wanted to sell. Now, this was all his possessions. A Swatch phone, a video game, a pair of skis, dot, 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 dot. So he made up this entire backstory <laughs> that all of these items were owned by Kurt Cobain. No. And that Kurt was one of their roommates. He stiffed them no. on the rent. And that he was selling these items of Kurt Cobain in order to recoup the rent. Do you want it? And he stated, for some reason, it was the skis that everybody wanted. I want you to stop in your mind right now and imagine Kurt Cobain skiing. No, I can't. No, I can't either. He said that's the one everybody wanted. The Swatch phone, however, next to nobody cared about the Swatch phone. But the skis, people were offering an insane amount of money. Oh my gosh. Finally, he put up his hands and said, no, 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 this is getting too big. This was not the, the property of Kurt Cobain of Nirvana. However, it was mine. And then, of course, the, the, the media mulching machine went after him, but there for a little ate while. Ate him up, ate him up. People believed that somehow in the greater Seattle area, the lead frontman of Nirvana was skiing. And you could own his skiing for the low, low price of believing fake news. Once again, Donald Trump, fake news, fake news. Does this sound in any way, shape, or form like Donald Trump. No, it sounds like a very bad yeah. SNL guy yeah, yeah. trying to say fake yeah. news. Yeah, fake news. That You're right. That it's is, terrible. Oh, it's awful. It's Nirvana on Rock School. I'm not a clown that can pretend The sun's gone The heaven light The day's done I'm having fun I think I'm dumb I'm dumb I think I'm dumb
So we're talking about fake news today. And in 2014, there was a kerfuffle. I've always liked the word kerfuffle. I love it. Kerfuffle. There was a news story from Twitter. It appeared as if this new father named Dan Lieberman had named his twin boys Ghostfaced and Raekwon from the Wu-Tang Clan. He even provided in the picture of the two babies, this is easy to find, go online, look up Ghostfaced, Raekwon, twins. There's a picture of the two babies. I mean, not old enough to realize they're even alive yet. And in the picture are a couple of documents that prove that their names are Ghostface and Raekwon. Now, furthermore, the two people from Wu-Tang Clan thought it was great. So they tweeted back. Right, right. Why would you why would you call a person Ghostface on purpose? I mean, I understand a moniker. I understand a stage name, but what's your name? Ghostface Lieberman. Yes. That would have been the kid's name. Ghostface Lieberman. GF. Yeah, however, it later emerged that this was not true. Dan did it as a joke on his Facebook and Twitter page, and he said, quote, I got the best Father's Day gift I could because these two people he enjoyed in the rap group did not or did believe him and posted the piece that he put out there. Aww. And the one we're going to play, Radiohead. Do you know a lot of Radiohead songs? I don't think I know any Radiohead songs. Well, look, Tom York is the lead singer of Radiohead, and honestly, he has an extremely quivering voice when he sings. Okay, Give me an example. I can't. What he does is so, how do you put this? It's so doable. Mm-hmm. It's an easy thing to fake. Copy? Copy, right. So you could sing a song and sound like Tom York. Can you do it? No, I cannot. It happened that a song made its way to the internet back in 2001. Right. It was called Putting Ketchup in the Fridge. (laughs) This is not true. Apparently, and I didn't know this. I got this all from the actual story that we're talking about here. Apparently, Tom York and Radiohead, what they'll do is they'll create a song and they'll just sort of fill it with notes, sounds, weird stuff. And it'll just sit out there until somebody goes, you know what lyrics would work there? And then the song is re-recorded and becomes the song that it is. So this idea that there is a song out there called Putting Ketchup in the Fridge would make sense. Uh, uh, Would make sense in my house. Yeah. It's not true. What? It was created by a Toronto singer by the name of Christopher Stopa. And the song was actually called Sit Still, which he then released on his own to very little fanfare. Speaking to the Vancouver Observer, Christopher said, I tried to push that song for 10 years and no one was listening to it. Once I turned it into a Radiohead song, everybody wanted to hear it. Now, here's the wonderful thing about this show and the Internet. Mm -hmm. I have the original Putting Ketchup in the Fridge. Get back. So here we go. This is not Radiohead. This is not Tom York. This is a singer named Christopher Stopa. 
He's out of Toronto. And this is him having his little bit of fame creating a song that most people thought was by Radiohead because he said it was by Radiohead. Sounds like this on Rock School. To the first break, talking about fake news, fake news. Gosh, I do a terrible Donald Trump, the, don't I? No, that was pretty good. Fake news, fake news. That sounded just like him. August 2016, fans were all abuzz because DrakeAndRihanna.com had been created. And it was looking like Drake and Rihanna were going to either create a song or they were going to create an album. They were going to do something together because DrakeAndRihanna.com existed. Yeah. Right? Right. Wrong. TMZ discovered the actual owner of the site was a person named Brandon Miller who was online celeb known as uh, Joanne the Scammer. No. I don't know. I hate her. Actually, it was an act of revenge after Joanne, Brandon Miller, was turned down for a selfie with Drake at the VMA Awards. So what he did is he created a prank to give this guy trouble. Not good. I don't know. Eminem, he's got two of them. The first was that he died in a car crash. By the way, I have to respect this first one. Uh You have no idea how many times I have lectured on the Beatles. So I, I, I just simply have to respect whomever did this. The first was that he died in a car crash in nearly 2000, was replaced by a near identical replica. If that sounds to any of you like Paul is dead, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who did it. It's not in the story. But once again, respect Uh to you. The second one, I got to be honest with you, wasn't very funny and was kind of sloppily done. In 2013, a Facebook post stated that he, Eminem, had been killed by a knife-wielding person. And they had blood and all that kind of stuff. And people went ballistic. When you clicked on it, it turned out to be, it wasn't a Rick roll, but it was close. It just opened up a thousand spam windows. Oh, no. A representative from the Eminem camp was contacted and told E! News that Eminem is fine and, quote, he remains unstabbed. Oh. So... Yes. Who's listening to us? KPVL, Decorah, Iowa. Beautiful. Back in a minute here in Rock School. out of the break i think it was two shows ago or one show ago we talked about you dropped a bomb on me baby Baby. that's by the gap band Uh uh-huh okay 
Uh-huh. It was stated about three years ago that the song You Dropped a Bomb on Me was about the Tulsa Race Massacre oh, no. of 1921, wherein hundreds of African-American people were killed. More than 1,200 homes were destroyed. No. The racist attack dealt a critical blow to the Greenwood District of Tulsa, at the time known as the, quote, Black Wall Street. Wow. No. So they contacted lead singer Charlie Wilson and said, is, is this true? No. In a 2012 interview with Black Tree TV, Charlie Wilson stated, had nothing to do with the tragic events of 1921, although we do indeed hail from Tulsa and that massacre is in our persona. Right. It's It's terrible that that happened. Yep, that's real. However, according to Charlie Wilson, this was all being used by a person who wanted to promote the massacre for some reason or another. Charlie said, it was only, meaning the song, it, it was only about a woman who was older than a young guy, and what happened is she turned him out. So this young guy got all wrapped up. Something tells me this is autobiographical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this young guy got wrapped up in an older woman, and when she had had her fun with him, she turned him out on the street. And that was dropping a bomb on her or him. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Yep. Wilson said he didn't know how to cope with it. He was only a young buck. So somebody used the song, claimed it meant something, and then used it to push an agenda. Here's the one we're going to play. Have you ever heard of the Brit pop band Menswear? I don't think so. No, I hadn't either. And by the way, I found it spelled as menswear, as in, you know, you're going to like the way you look. Uh, But menswear also where the A was an at insignia, but Uh I never saw that again. Well, the Britpop band menswear had about three hits. One of them did okay. The guitarist of the band, Chris Gentry, posted a picture of himself holding a platinum disc on Twitter claiming the debut album of the band called Nuisance had sold 300,000 copies, and that was a gold record in the UK. Woo! Okay, air of surprise, but not a total shock. That's what musicians do. Look what we did. Well, the drummer of the group, his name is Matt Everett, contacted his people and said, how come my royalty checks per year don't support the photo? Uh-uh. Because it's not true, those people said. The singer of the band then, Johnny Dean, contacted his reps and said, where had all this money gone? And why didn't he get a gold record? Uh-oh. And once again, the rep said, because it didn't happen. Chris Gentry was pulling a fast one. And by the way, Chris Gentry deleted his Twitter soon after. Good joke. It's just it upset a few people. Here's menswear. If you've never heard them before, me neither. Let's learn together here on Rock School.
Okay, coming into the bottom of the hour, we are a touch late. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Okay. In 2015, a Russian phone prankster said he represented Vladimir Putin. So what he did is he called Sir Elton John and spoke to him captured the video, and what he did was claim to be Vladimir Putin's, uh, what do you call it, uh, the person who translates for him. Translator? Interpreter. Oh, big word. And I'd love to tell you that we don't have any audio of it, except we do. Here's a slight bit of this guy pranking Elton John. Listen, listen. I'm fine. I'm. I'll be interpreter between you and Mr. Putin. And you'll tell you tell me what he's saying, right? Okay, sure. I'm sorry. That's unfair, because Elton really and truly wished to speak to Vladimir Putin about LGBTQ rights. You know what? What's that? I need to speak to Vladimir myself. Yeah, oh, I agree. think we can call him? I agree completely. Now, here's, I was not able to verify this. Okay. But it is said that it was made known to Vladimir Putin that this happened, and Putin himself felt bad. I didn't know the man had the ability to feel bad. Oh, he's not feeling bad? Come on, people. He actually set up a call with Elton John. Really? Do you have audio of that? No. No, I don't. But I can tell you the first one, the first fake phone call, Mm -hmm. is true. I don't know for a fact if the second phone call is true. So here we go. We'll do one more after this. Seven days, 70 seconds. Here be the dates. May 8th all the way through May 14th. You got Monday, Tammy. Go. May 8th, 1965. In another candidate for the earliest music video, D.A. Penny Baker films Bob Dylan flipping cards for subterranean homesick Blues. May 9th, 1963, the Rolling Stones signed their first record deal with management company Impact. It would very soon lead to a record contract with DECA. May 10, 1964, Dusty Springfield is on American TV for the first time on The Ed Sullivan Show. May 11th, 1972, John Lennon goes on The Dick Cavett Show and states the FBI is watching him. He turns out to be correct. May 12, 1967, the Jimi Hendrix Experience released their first album. Are you experienced? 1985, May 13, the Parents Music Resource Center, otherwise known as the PMRC, is formed in Washington, D.C. It will almost police the entire record industry. May 14, 2020, Keith Urban holds what many believe to be the first drive-in concert during COVID. Comedian Bert Kreischer will follow suit soon after. Okay, Winds of Change. Do you know the song by the Scorpions, Winds of Change? I don't think so. It's it's out of character for the Scorpions. They're a metal band. Uh Well, this was a song written by Klaus Mein, who is the lead singer, and it starts with him whistling, and it's just that. It's telling the story that winds of change are blowing over communist Europe and things are becoming better for the people. Get it? However, it came out on the Internet 
that the 1991 song was written by the CIA in order to promote pro-Western agendas and anti-Russian feelings. Klaus Mein came out and said, No, the CIA didn't write this. I did. Oh, my God. But it was believed that the, the Scorpions, for a little while, and people believed it online for a while, that the Scorpions had actually bowed to the United States and sang a song that was written in order to alter the course of history oh in gosh. communist Europe. I did. I'm going to start a religion where your soul goes to a garage in Buffalo. Is it cold? Anybody want to sign up? No. Nope. Why do I know I could get some people to do it? Not to Buffalo, dude. <sighs> Winds of change here on Rock School. Follow the Moscow. Down to Gonky Park. Listening to the wind of change. Summer night, soldiers passing by, listening to the wind of change. second break fake news we love the fake news we love the fake news we love the fake I just not sound like Trump why can't I do Trump because you can't <sighs> carry on well during Europe at the turn of the 20th century there was this guy from Austria his name is Fritz Chrysler I hope I'm saying that right. K-R-E-I-S-L-E-R. Chrysler? Chrysler. Chrysler? Yeah. I think so, like the car. He claimed to have found all these unheard works by Bach, Vivaldi, Paganini. Da, 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 da. He found them in libraries and monasteries, and he recorded them. What? He made them all up. No. Every single one of them he made up. Were they good? Well, would you like to hear about 20 seconds of one of them? Yes. This is, they now refer to it as grave in the style of Bach. But at the time, Chrysler made the statement that this was indeed Bach. I believe it. Sounds like this. (laughs) 
Okay, pretty good, huh? Oh, yeah. Pretty good. I'm in. Wasn't Bach. Wasn't Bach. What? He made the whole thing up. Why? What was funny is it said in the uh, the article that I read that this guy Chrysler went on to have a very nice career. People looked at it as a joke and went, ha, 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 you got us. And went on to have a nice career. Wow. It, if it was today, they would have torn him apart. Oh, uh-huh, yes. And here's one for you. Okay. You know Brandy, the looking glass? According to a story, the song by the Looking Glass was inspired inspired by a woman named Mary Ellis. She was from New Brunswick, New Jersey, died 1828. As per local legend, Ellis fell in love with a sea captain who swore he'd marry her, then never returned from a voyage. They think because his ship went kabloop and down to the bottom. <gasps> That's the song. Yes. Right. The guy who wrote it, the member of the Looking Glass, his Uh name was Elliot Laurie. He was told the story and he went, not true. I was trying to write an ode to my girlfriend who, God bless her, waits for me to get back from tour and all of that. And I just I just added the entire sailor backstory. Love the sailor story. He says, I admit it's a whale of a coincidence. Get it? Whale? Oh yeah. Whale? But he says it's absolutely not true. I wrote a song for my girlfriend. Uh, it's, it blows me away that there's a song, or a story at least, that sounds exactly like it. But no, that wasn't it. Who's listening to us on the Rock School Show? KSCL, Shreveport, Louisiana. Love it. We just drove through Sh- Shreveport yesterday, oh, didn't it's we? it's a long way up It's there. a piece. My son's looking at colleges, so that's why we were there. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Okay, we are running out of time, so I got to do these quick. You know who the zombies are? Yes. She's not there. Tell her no, 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 my no, 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 no. They, the zombies, Mm -hmm. the British group, then broke up, and the song Time of the Season was released, and it hit number three. Right. So far, everything I've told you is true. Okay. Then... Under Delta Management, which was a little, what's the word I'm looking for, um, 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 illegal, Ooh. they sent out two bands claiming they were the zombies to play all the hits. And people came to see them. Okay, so what? So somebody was bad. Here's the thing that's going to blow you away, and I urge you to look this up. One of the zombies bands that was toying around had Dusty Hill and Frank Beard in it that would go on to be two members of ZZ Top. No, you're lying. Please. I thought the same thing. There is no way this is true. Absolutely not. Okay, here's the one we're going to play, and we got to do it quick. The year after Elvis died, Sun Records released a duet between Jerry Lee Lewis and somebody that really sounded like Elvis. It was a remake of Save the Last Dance for Me. Yeah. Sam Phillips was now nowhere near Sun Records. A guy named Shelby Singleton had purchased the whole thing. And he claimed that the man singing with Jerry Lee Lewis was a beautiful new artist named Orion who only performed in a mask. And people went bonkers. Elvis isn't dead. It sounds just like Elvis. The whole thing was a fake news story to sell records. 
The singer's real name was Jeremy Ellis. Pardon me, Jimmy Ellis. And he then, after the bit, tried to sell music through Sun Records. Nobody cared for it. And he died in 1998 when somebody attempted to rob his pawn shop. No way. I have the song. Sing it. This is, no. This is Save the Last Dance for Me, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Shelby Singleton. But he called himself Orion. Here on Rock School. You can dance, ever dance with the guy who gives you the eye, let him hold you tight. You can smile, ever smile at the man who holds your hand in the pale moonlight. But don't forget who's taking you home and in his arms you're gonna be. Oh, darling, save that last dance for me. Oh, I know, darling. Okay, coming into the last break, we are way late. So quickly, one story. Do you know the Eurythmics? Yes. The person who isn't Annie Lennox is named Dave Stewart. Right. He claimed to have, before he was a Eurythmic, create a band called Platinum Weird. The lead singer was a person named Erin Grace. She leaves the band and was replaced by a woman named Cara Dioguardi. Okay? The band recorded a song called Will You Be Around? The thing is, Cara Dioguardi was singing it exactly like this Aaron Grace sang it. And it was then brought out that Aaron Grace was Cara Dioguardi's vocal coach. No, come That's on. That's how she knew the song. No. VH1 made a documentary. Mick Jagger, Christine Aguilara all stated their love for the song. You're lying. Except it's all a fake. Ugh. Jagger was in on it. Christine Aguilara was in on it. The singers were in on it. Dave Stewart fessed up after the mockumentary aired on VH1. Why did he do it? I don't know. Why do people hack to see if they can do it? Mm. Don't know, but that's it. And you say, well, that song doesn't exist. Ah, but yet! It does. I have it. This is the fake Will You Be Around by The Platinum Weird. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. The end. Class is dismissed. And it feels like I've been dying here Underneath these sheets It's a cold, cold world Who you are is always half asleep I 